0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media editor over at lockedonpelicans.com, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, a game day for the Pelicans as they take on the Miami Heat on the road before wrapping up preseason tomorrow. We'll, of course, have the preview for that game, the home game against the Toronto Raptors tomorrow. But we're going to talk about today's game against the Miami Heat because it is interesting for the names that are not going to be on the score sheet, in the box score, all in that, or in the starting lineup. So we'll take a look at this game, what we can hope to kind of take from this. And of course, then recap it for you tomorrow. But there's also a lot of other news going on around the NBA right now. Surprising news coming out of Phoenix. Bad injury news going towards another Western Conference rival. And, of course, a lot of news around the Pelicans the past couple of days that will catch you all up. um, Did take yesterday off uh, on the podcast because of the Drew Brees record set on Monday night. Your all-time leader in passing yards. We just didn't need to add any background noise on that. I know that was really a big day here in New Orleans. A day kind of for celebration that night, too, on Monday night as well. But, really, that was all that was being talked about on Tuesday. And let's just kind of let that moment stand. But that means we need to catch up on things here unlocked on, on Pelicans, so we're going to just jump right into everything. So we're going to go in reverse order than what we normally do here. We're going to talk about the national stuff first in the first segment here because there is a lot, and a lot of it's kind of weird, and some of it's maybe good for the Pelicans if you kind of want to look at it through that lens. And the first one is, in the weirdest move of them all, the Suns firing GM Ryan McDonough. Eight days before the regular season starts, you'll remember they had the number one overall pick. They took DeAndre Ayton out of Arizona, passing up on a guy like Luka Doncic, who's looked decent enough in preseason, though so has DeAndre Ayton, only to then fire the GM. Eight days after what most people would call a relatively successful offseason for them. They signed Trevor Ariza to a big money deal. They're still looking for a point guard. They've been trying to get involved in the Jimmy Butler trade to maybe take on a guy like Jeff Teague or someone else in that kind of deal and have had no success. But still, eight days before the season starts, you're still looking for a point guard. Maybe you don't can your GM during that time. And if you do plan on firing him, maybe you kind of look at it and go, we should have done this before he made the number one overall pick where there was a point guard available, which is also the weird thing about all of this. So, on the surface, people are kind of questioning this move and saying they're dysfunctional, the Suns and all of that, and that's true. McDonough's record there is not great they had a winning season his first year at GM but have regressed basically every single year and he's whiffed on a lot of draft picks he sent out Marquise Chris to Houston this offseason he took a high draft pick on uh, Dragon Bender that hasn't worked out Alex Len as well another big and a couple of other players as well and things just haven't worked out he did draft Devin Booker got even credit for that but it hasn't translated into winning basketball so that's kind of the problem there Firing him, totally justifiable. I don't think anyone looks at that and goes, no, what are you doing? He's a good GM. But doing it eight days before the regular season when he was still working on trades, you know, maybe they fired him because he was unable to get them done, is kind of eyebrow raising. A lot of this might have to do with their owner, Robert Sarver, who's basically known as now the worst owner, the most intrusive owner in the NBA as a whole. And I think the best part I heard today was there were GM, uh, rumored stuff coming out, of course, that there were other GMs in contact with McDonough trying to get trades done, and they could hear Sarver scream. Screaming at McDonough in the background, though he's not on the phone, but clearly just berating the GM while he's trying to make a trade. That doesn't sound like a very good working relationship or place that you want to work at, so I don't know if they're going to be able to attract someone else. It sounds like they're intrigued by promoting James Jones, who was a player and I think won the three-point shootout in just 2011, uh, to that GM role. So we'll see, but this has been rather interesting, and again, you know, though the Pelicans go through some things, they're not as dysfunctional as some of these other teams out there, and that has to make you feel pretty good. In other NBA news still, we got two more things here in this segment. The Jimmy Butler saga drags on... He's now back with the team in Minnesota. They're maybe expecting him to play in the regular season, though. Again, think he, the, that in, wrist injury he has. There we go. Is gonna he'll use that as kind of an excuse to not play. Um, and it sounds like they're working on a deal. Came close with uh, with Miami, and then it fell through because they're asking too much. Look, there's no need to trade him right now. He's under contract, and he'll play if you know he really has to. And they're probably not getting any good offers now. But his Injuries happen and other things occur. Maybe it makes another team desperate to make a move for him. You know, he says he wants this done by Friday or else. I don't know really what the or else is, but I think it's he won't play and he'll claim the wrist injury is not healed. He's working out a from these teammates. The rumor is now that it, between him and Towns, it's irreparable. So I don't know what they really want to do. But again, there's no reason for them to trade for, to trade him right now. If you can try and get him out on the court and get him to play and he acts as a professional... That's a good thing. They, they're they going to try and win, certainly still, without blowing up this team. But it's still just an absolute mess there. And the owner at this point probably needs to step in and broker a deal. Neither his GM nor Tibbs seems to maybe be doing this in good faith. The other and maybe the biggest news for the Pelicans is with another Western Conference rival. And that's the Spurs' Deontay Murray going to be out for, I'm assuming, the season. Hurt the ACL in his knee. And all of a sudden, that Spurs team, who we have a lot of faith in and have maybe tentatively penciled in as a playoff contender. I won't say a playoff team, but a contender for maybe that 7th or 8th spot, look a whole lot worse because who plays defense on that team now that Murray's down? Murray was in line to get a significant role this season with the departures of Tony Parker and the retirement of Manu Ginobili. He played 20-something minutes a game last year. He's probably in line for closer to 30, above 30. He's a fun player to watch. He's explosive. He can get to the rim. He's a great defensive rebounder for that point guard position and one of the top defenders on the perimeter, absolutely. So I think that's a big loss for them. It just takes more depth away from them. They're kind of hurting. And it's just a new-look Spurs team, and I don't know what they're going to do. This is a big blow for them. There's no denying that. And I think if I had them in the playoffs, I'd have them out of the playoffs now. And I think that's kind of how you look at this. It's only a good thing if you want to look at that, though. It feels weird when it comes to injury for the Pelicans. Same thing with Andre Roberson over in, in OKC. You don't want any player to get hurt. We've dealt with injuries plenty here in New Orleans. So it's kind of sad to see that happen elsewhere. But certainly a big thing and something that really knocks the the Spurs out of contention. It's going to hurt Oklahoma City in their seeding. They were significantly better defensively with Roberson on the court. 14 points, 12 points, whatever I said the other day. So those are big losses for those teams. And now if Jimmy Butler goes east, that's three other playoff teams, potential playoff teams that – now maybe drop below the Pelicans if they were ahead of the Pelicans to begin with and just make the path to the playoffs a whole lot easier. Definitely a good thing, though, again, it's weird because they're injuries. You don't want to root for them. But if you're a Pelicans fan, you got to kind of look at what it is for your team, and it's only a good thing for the Pels. So before we get into the next segment, which is really going to be probably the biggest discussion we're going to have here in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans, my tickets for the season came in the mail today. I cannot wait ...to be at the Smoothie King Center Thursday and then during the regular season because we all love a night out... Whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Pels or Saints, with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N, L O C K E D O N, Locked On, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N, Locked On, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help get you to your favorite live event. So that was the national coverage. But there's also been a lot of coverage elsewhere about the New Orleans Pelicans the past couple of days and there's two that really jump out before we get to the third one that's awesome and the big one that we're going to talk about here because it's very very insightful you've got James Herbert over at CBS Sports who's talking to Solomon Hill about Anthony Davis for the MVP race himself coming back from injury and what he thinks his pelicans team can do you should go read it it's not a a ton of new stuff in there it's a lot of Solomon Hill being a very smart player and saying very smart things, but none of it truly insightful. Over at The Athletic, you have Shams talking to Jaleel Okafor. He really opens up about the depression, the mental health side of things, and what he's looking to try and do here in New Orleans now that he's with the team and hopefully with the team during the regular season. And I think that's kind of a nice thing to read too. He kind of covers some stuff that we've already heard about and has been rumored out there, but it's in his own words. So definitely give both of those a read. But the big ones over at SB Nation, and this came out yesterday, and it's by Surat Sohi, and she did an awesome job looking at bigs and how they're changing in the NBA. But a big chunk of this has to do with Anthony Davis and the training that he goes through and the changes that the Pelicans have made to their athletic training, medical staff. I I lump them all together. When we say medical staff, we're talking about the trainers. We're talking about the actual doctors and all of that kind of thing that's associated with it. It's interesting to see the insight that went into Anthony Davis and what they're trying to do to make him a more durable player. You'll remember he's now played 75 games in back-to-back years. And as this article says, he's got an eye on playing all 82 think back to april 2016 our friend justin verrier wrote that story about the pelicans as she puts it old school approach to injury prevention Dwayne brooks who was the head trainer for the team at the time you know talked about he wants to use his hands and that's how he kind of feels things and not a whole lot of technology driven And in a couple of years, the Pelicans have turned that department over and really mixed things up. They completely revamped the training staff and their methods. They've invested in new uh, technology. They've got a uh, cryotherapy chamber, a vibration massage machine. They hired assistant physical therapist Todd Campbell at the start of the 2015-2016 season. And then they've got now Jason Summerlin, who worked with the Spurs for five years to be their head strength coach. You still have Misty Suri there though. That's the doctor that was fired by the Saints, but is the head doctor for the Pelicans and never lost that job and has been there for a uh, number of years now. So basically they took a very data technologically driven approach to Anthony Davis. He wears this thing called a swoop band. Is that it? Uh, That kind of is around him at all times. It measures all sorts of biometric data. Basically, they say, hey, we can see if he didn't get enough sleep last night based off of this thing. And if he did, we're going to change how we train the next day. Or if he did get a good night's sleep, maybe that's a day that you go really harder. They worked on stabilizing his core, not adding muscle to his body, but stabilizing the core. They realized maybe it's something with I don't know, the, the the balance was off with him, really. She says he had the torque, the hypermobility, and the length, but the smaller muscles that support his bigger, more developed muscles were weak, so they needed to work on his core. So by improving those type of mechanics, his ability to absor- absorb shock, and his efficiency with running, that's really how he's able to grow and become a much more healthy player. And they did this again through that WHOOP strap, W-H-O-O-P. And um, so he says, Davis's sleep workouts and practice minutes, practically any activity he performed throughout the day were monitored and sent to the medical staff who determined how much time he needed to spend in a parasympathetic state. That could mean any number of things, more time in the hot tub, more cryotherapy and yoga, less weight training, fewer minutes. And they kind of look at this and just figure out exactly what the right combination of things are. They put him on a strict diet. He was on specific situations of what he could do. And it's very interesting. A lot of the players are now using this with the Pelicans. And all of a sudden, they went from being probably one of the, I I don't know, the worst technologically driven organization, worst data driven, most old school, let's call it, organization when it came to kind of the medical staff, the training staff, the strength staff, all of that stuff, it To be maybe at the forefront, I'd be curious to see how they stack up around the league. But, of course, this really just focuses on the Pelicans and Anthony Davis here. And this is important because they need him to hold up for basically 82 games. The West is still tough despite those injuries we just heard. But also, you want to avoid those injuries. Prevention is going to be an important thing. And when he played the eighth highest minutes in the league last year, you've got to find a way to keep him not just you know, in games, but also effective in games. And so that's kind of the real big thing here. It's, I think this is kind of the Pelicans being at the forefront of everything. And I think that's a very big part of what's going to make them successful. So this is great. If you're a fan, this is exactly what you want to hear. You've got to be a smart organization. And also, being a smart organization does attract free agents. This was a debate on Twitter the other day wondering why players don't want to come play with Anthony Davis. And it's more you hear other teams trying to get Anthony Davis there. New Orleans... As a city, and this is a discussion for another day, and I'm working on an interview that maybe can give us some insight to that, New Orleans as a city isn't a big draw for NBA free agents. It's probably not a huge draw for NFL free agents, just as a city. Other things make you come play for these organizations. But when you look at New Orleans as a city, those guys have different priorities in what they look for in a city than you and I. I like dive bars. They probably don't. That's a big difference here. Um, In those type of things. So the reasons you love New Orleans are certainly not the reasons an NBA player would love New Orleans. But we've seen now that certain teams can attract players in small markets with smart, well-run organizations. And the Pelicans taking these steps to kind of address the medical staff, really change it over and, and put this revamp staff out at the forefront of everything is a very smart move for them. And that might make some players open their eyes and be like, hey, if I want to rejuvenate my career and go to an organization that's going to look out for my best interests, Well, the Pelicans might be it, and every team has cap space next year, so you've got to fight for these guys, and every edge that you can get is certainly a good thing. State-of-the-art facilities, state-of-the-art equipment, making sure you have that equipment, which was a concern a couple years ago, particularly when they signed Solomon Hill, and I've mentioned that here on the podcast in years past. That gets you guys. When you don't have that stuff is really when it might hurt you, and now the Pelicans don't need to worry about that. An interesting note that I threw out there on Twitter, this change probably doesn't happen without... Justin Verrie's article that was very, not critical of the team, but those guys said all the things themselves. And it was a bad look for the organization. I don't think they viewed that article very favorably. But all of a sudden, that could have been the moment that really turned things around for this Pelican staff as they made the changes that needed to be made. And they're now in a great position going forward. So it's Wednesday, and I normally host the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA, but not today, because this week we're running our NBA previews. We've got five podcasts this week, and we're covering six teams per day. Know their biggest storyline heading into the season, how their offseason went, what the expectations are, and who the breakout players are going to be for all 30 NBA teams from the local experts that cover them on their Locked On podcast. And yes, I've got Locked On Pelicans giving you guys a preview of that. It's going to be on Thursday, so make sure you listen to that podcast and listen every day. It's a quick Easy overview on what to expect from this coming NBA season. You want something that's just going to cover it all for you? Listen to these five podcasts. You won't need to listen to any other NBA preview. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So it's game day and we're going to talk quickly about this one because Alvin Gentry said in practice after practice yesterday, you're not going to see Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, or Each one more in tonight's preseason game against the Heat. The good news is Julius Randle is upgraded to probable for the game. You're still going to see Miritich and Miller play as well. Though Alexia Jinsa is still out and Jaleel Okafor are still out. So you won't see either of those two guys. This is one of those ones where you're going to get to see a lot of the training camp guys get out there. You know, Garland Green, who they're hoping could make the team. The Williamses, Kenrick, and Troy Troy, who's played somewhat well here in preseason with the Pelicans so far. Alfred Payton's going to be playing as well. Darius Morris is going to be out there. This will be a great time for Frank Jackson to maybe put last game behind him. You might see Jared Jack a little bit more in this one too to see if he can compete for that end of bench roster spot. And Ian Clark, who's gotten limited minutes in preseason so far, is really going to get a chance to shine. So will Solomon Hill, of course, and Chuck Diallo. So this is one of those games where if you want to see what these other guys are capable of and look for flashes that's really what you're hoping to see they did say that maybe we'll get more of a regular season like rotation which was supposed to be against the Knicks and then of course injuries and things like that have really hurt the team and kind of taken away the ability to do so but you should see that at home against the Toronto Raptors on Thursday when we preview that game tomorrow for you guys the one home preseason game we'd like to see an efficient night from Frank Jackson in this one he's been a bit of a gunner and you expect him to be a rookie and kind of make a lot of these mistakes. And it freaks me out as I'm looking at this that he was born in 1998. Um, that is something. So, makes me feel old. So, you know, you want to see a lot from him. This is really Check Diallo's most important game, probably. He's going to get a lot of minutes and he needs to make the most of these because he does not look like a rotation player right now. Um, Trevon Blewett should get some time out there, even though he's guaranteed to be with this team throughout the year unless they waive him later on, but he's starting off on a two-way contract. That's a nice thing. I'm, of course, rooting for Darius Morris, Uh, but you just want to see some shooting from some of these guys. Miritich Miller, let them get their shot going on. Let's see Solomon Hill play some better defense than what he did against the Knicks. So, there's not much to take away, but a lot of these guys have really important things writing and we hope to see the best performances from them whether that's going to be the case or not of course we will see and we'll break that down on tomorrow's podcast for you so that's going to do it for this edition of locked on pelicans big news today as i said after taking the day off again for drew breeze record go listen to locked on saints as they talk all about it there is a locked on saints podcast sister podcast of this where they talk all saints all the time, five days a week. The only daily podcast coming to you guys like that, too. So if you want some great insight on one of your commutes to or from work or as some people listen to this podcast in the shower, too much information there, you guys. Make sure you also tune in to Locked on Saints. It's been pretty great, and it's making me personally a smarter Saints fan. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.